Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows, so that means if you ain't with us. Welcome to episode 14 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamalian. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer. And we are talking all things Blazer basketball. CJ is currently out with a popolitis strain. Of course, we all know what a popolitis muscle is. Not really. But the Blazers are 44-27 and 27 right now. Good for fourth in the Western Conference. Just a half game behind the Rockets for the three seed. Meanwhile, the five through eight seeds are all tied up at 42-30. and 30. The Thunder are playing terrible right now at just five and ten since the All-Star break while the Jazz, Clippers, and especially the Spurs are all surging. So later in the episode, we'll be talking about the Blazers roster going into next season and what this year's success could mean for the future. But for now, Austin, what are your thoughts on the state of the Western Conference playoff race? Well, I mean, we were just kind of talking here a little bit before we got uh, up and up and going, and I think that the, the really the overriding theme uh, here in recent weeks is... Um, on top of Blazers' success, we've we've seen a sort of stars aligning uh, outside um, and some external external factors. Um, you know, we've seen, like you said, some of these powerhouse or midseason powerhouse teams such as OKC and, and and the Rockets and whatnot kind of slide a little bit. And then um, you know the Clippers really uh, put the league on notice this year. Uh, I I, saw, I read a very interesting article uh, on a preview on Blazers' Edge. Uh, before we played them last and um you know they always will talk about what the other team's writers are writing and there's a uh, hotbed or i guess you could say uh, a chip on on every uh clippers fan's shoulder because the lakers were projected i believe to have the record that they've achieved and uh the lakers have pretty much fulfilled the record of what the clippers were projected to achieve so there, there's been a real big surge by Clippers. I think they deserve it. I think Gilgis Alexander is uh, no joke. I think he's going to be a star in the league. Uh, they're doing it without Gallinari, uh, sadly, because he's on my fantasy team. But um, more importantly than fantasy, we've seen other teams, like you said, the Spurs and and um, and the Jazz uh, improve a little bit. Um, I, I would still prefer that we don't necessarily see the Jazz in a first-round matchup. I think Gobert causes problems, uh, especially for Nurkic. I don't know if we really had the same team that we do now uh, in some of those early matchups against them. Um, but it's it's it, the stars are aligning. And not only that, but Dame is playing out of his mind. Uh, he's averaging more than 30 points a game. And... He's, he's putting up crazy assist numbers. The wild part is all these articles are talking about how he's being this pass-first guy right now. Like he's, he's, he's making everyone better and whatnot. But when you look back at these box scores, he's averaging more than 30 points almost each of these past couple nights since um, CJ had that Dr. Seuss-sounding uh, injury. So <laughs> I, I couldn't really be happier with how things are going right now. Um, you know, it's it's the twenty second, so we still got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven more games. Yeah. And as 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 small as that may sound in an eighty two game season, teams are playing different right now. So it it, it will be really interesting uh, to see how this plays out. I think that there's also Dame being cited in a recent Blazers Edge article 
um, as saying that they are anticipating uh, going out, going without uh, CJ. And I don't know if that's necessarily the worst thing for us right now. As, as well as CJ was playing, um, it's kind of almost giving these role player guys an opportunity to get I, I hesitate to use the word warmed up this late in the season, but warmed up for the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, especially some of these guys that really haven't been in our system for a long time. So um, I couldn't be happier with where things are right now, but it we've been here before as Blazers fans. I don't know if I want to say here specifically, but we've been in this, in this realm of feeling like things are going great and we got it figured out. So let's count our blessings, but take it with a grain of salt. That's that's kind of where I'm sitting. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, the Blazers have been playing very well. Right now, since our last episode, the Blazers are 5-1. and one. They only lost the one game against the Spurs, which is a tough team that, like I said, they were, they just were just on a nine-game win streak. So they it's not crazy that the Blazers lost to the Spurs, especially since it was the game CJ got injured in. Um, but the... The Blazers are playing great. They beat the Pacers, who are really good, and Wesley Matthews was fighting hard to beat us. Uh, They beat Mm -hmm. the Clippers, who, like we said, are also surging, playing really well. Like you were saying, they're right in it. You know, they're making the playoffs this year, and they're they're really playing hard and trying to work their way up the up the seeds. I mean, they could get the five seed just as easily as the Thunder or Spurs or Jazz could. Uh, like right. I said, they're all tied right now. So last episode, we thought we, you know, man. we could slide to the seventh or eighth seed. Oh man, you know, like so the difference between last episode and now is crazy, and that's just <laughs> how ridiculous the Western Conference is. Because I need somebody, I need somebody to come out with a, with a statistic because this has to be one of the tightest. Um, and I really haven't even followed the NBA for for the majority of my short lived life, but this has <laughs> to be one of the tightest. Uh, uh, Western Conference or, or just NBA seasons in general. Uh, the East, I've, I've been slacking a little bit around the league, but the Western Conference specifically, I can't remember ever, at least in the time that I've been following the NBA, it ever being this this tight. Dude, last year was insane. Because last year yeah. it was a, it was a nine-team playoff because to get into the playoffs, it was the Timberwolves against the Nuggets, and the Timberwolves beat the Nuggets. So it was like a, its own uh, wildcard round. Uh, but was it a two and a half game spread from like where we were at to eighth seed? I mean, I know uh, it might have been. I, I know. It, I know it was tight in the last four, but I didn't know. It seems like it's going all the way up to the third seed right now this oh, season. No, last year was like the same. Hang on, let me pull it up. All right, I stand corrected. Christian might be right. Maybe I'm just a walking hyperbole. The Nuggets were 19 games behind first place. The three seed Trailblazers. We're 16 games behind first place. So from three to eight, it was a two-game spread, and then in ninth was a three-game spread. But even even right now, aren't the Warriors only really like five or six games ahead? Well, yeah. I mean, the the top aren't haven't separated themselves as much as obviously the Rockets and Warriors did last year. Yeah. But the point is, the Blazers were only two games ahead of the eighth seed, and they were the three seed, and they were only three yeah. games away from being completely out of the playoffs. No, and that's fair. And that's fair. I would just say the rich definitely are no longer getting richer. Yeah, we've seen we've seen that wealth gap, so to speak, uh, narrow this year for sure. Yeah. And I mean, there's 11 games left in the season. The Blazers have been playing good. I'm excited for the 44 and 27 Blazers to end up as the 55 and 27 Blazers. Uh, 11 game win streak is coming up. We're at two games right now. So it's going to be a 13 game win streak like we had last year. 
I'm I'm just stoked, man. I mean, it's crazy to me because, like I said, on our last podcast, we thought three through six were going to be fairly set, and we're facing either the Rockets, Thunder, or Jazz. And now we could be facing anyone. I mean, it's mm-hmm. possible we face the Rockets, mm-hmm. but we could face anyone from the Thunder, Spurs, Jazz, or Clippers. And I really want to face the Spurs or Clippers. Uh, not that they'll be easy uh, because all these teams are playing great, especially right. right now. It's really it's really more of about a matchup thing at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Like everybody's solid in the West. Yeah, and I'm not. I mean, you can say that any year. Everybody in the NBA is good, but I, when mm-hmm. I say everyone's solid, like everyone is competing, as we just had noted, and it's it tends to be at a well-rounded level. I would say maybe if anything, the Blazers might be one of the more uh, OKC's right about there too, but single faceted teams uh, with with Dame and and you know and I don't want to say single faceted, but lesser le- well, less rounded than others. Um, mm. If if you look at the Warriors and their game, I mean they they can do a different thing every night. Demarcus Cousins is back. Um, Rockets, I suppose, would be maybe lumped into that situation. You know, they obviously they got James Harden. Maybe they're even more uh, uh, single faceted oh, yeah. than us. But um, you know, OKC, uh, they they're really relying on Paul George. But if you look at like uh, the Spurs, uh, obviously they have LA and, and Demar. But that's that's a well coached team. That's a well rounded team. The Clippers are probably one of the most are are in my opinion the most well rounded team in the NBA uh, this season. Um, I'm not saying the best. I'm saying that they the in terms of scoring uh, division. That team, there's there's not really a guy. Yeah, yeah they have Mark Montrez Harrell, but there's not really a guy. So it's 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 in my opinion, it's going to be a, a game of chess, not checkers. Um, and we, as previously discussed, there's a couple of those teams that I think might offer uh, a little bit more of a, a propensity for a checkmate than others, being uh, Utah and, and OKC and. Um, I, I, it's, this is, this is really interesting to follow. I mean, the ideal scenario for me, let me look at this. Warriors face the Thunder. That'd be awesome. Thunder could defend their guards pretty well. Uh, we've talked about the defensive guards of the Thunder in our last episode. Uh, they could definitely wear out the Warriors quite a bit going into the second round. Uh, if the Jazz face the Nuggets, I think that would be great. I think the Jazz and Nuggets would match up pretty well. I think the Jazz match up really well with us too. Um, Spurs and the Rockets. Spurs are obviously brilliantly coached, uh, whereas the Rockets are all offense, all pace. So I think if anyone's going to be able to slow down the Rockets out of those four teams, other than the Thunder, mm-hmm. I think the Thunder definitely could give them problems. But the, mm-hmm. the Spurs definitely could. Um, and I would just love if the Blazers played the Clippers because you were saying they're well-rounded. Um, it's pretty true. I mean, they, they have a deep bench and they don't necessarily have a star, but that's the thing mm-hmm. is I think... Our strongest point is our deep bench, and mm-hmm. our starters are stronger than their starters. Abs- so, absolutely. So I, I think we definitely – I'm not saying that we would sweep them or we definitely would win, but I think we definitely have the best chance well, against I, the Clippers I, of all those teams. And I think that just about any other podcasting duo covering any other team in the West right now would probably – uh, almost regardless of, of team scenario, uh, look at the Clippers and say, that's our first pick. Yeah. Um, but that's going to depend on if they keep up what they're doing, which is unexpected, and, uh, you know, where we land. Uh, and so much of this is out of our control. Well, I mean, 
and when we talk about the stars aligning, that was absolutely wild the other night when it was Blazers win, Rockets, oh, OKC, yeah. and I think was it the Jazz. Uh yeah I, I think yeah I think it was it was, a, it was a it was a trio and of Spurs teams lost that lost two, the ex- yeah it might have been the Spurs in, for, instead of the Jazz but it was a trio of teams that had lost the same night that we really needed that win <coughs> um and that just goes right back to the uh, things kind of just being out of our control so um I think that these next eleven games the person that I'll be watching the most uh, as we had kind of previously discussed uh, getting ready is is Ennis. Um, and some of these guys that are, are recent additions and the warm-up, the late-season warm-up that they're able uh, to acquire. And, you know, with his dad just getting sentenced to 15 years in a Turkish jail or something, probably can't be too easy for him to uh, take. But, you know, who knows? Maybe the guy sounds like he's been living with it his whole career. So uh, it will be very, very interesting to see how he uh, manipulates his game. Personally, I think that it, it isn't the worst idea for Stotts to keep giving Zach these minutes. Not all of them, but a couple of them. Um, whatever we do, and I know we're going to talk a little bit later about free agency and whatnot, we cannot give up Zach Collins. I am so done with seeing the Blazers develop players, and they leave. And then a year or two later, they, I mean, not superstars by no means, but a year or two later, they're solid guys on other teams. I think... Portland is a culture, and other players have said it now, even this season, that fosters growth. And if you look at Zach Collins' game, I even Nurkic, you don't see the footwork that Zach has. Zach might not have um, necessarily the catch-and-move ability or the pick-and-roll chemistry with Dame, but no other big man on our team has that drop step, that pivot, that he, he – has a polished offensive game that just isn't utilized very much. Not only that, but his feet move. They move a lot. And yeah. this dude, anytime a defender blows by him, it's when Nurk, when, when Nurk gets blown by, you're like, oh, well, he, I mean, he lost his step. He lost his step. Like it's, it's, unless Mo slides over, which we've seen that too, then he lost a step and the guy's right to the rack. But if a guy gets a step on Zach, I don't even take. I don't even like sigh. I don't sigh until that ball is in the bottom of the basket because too many times have I seen him just turn around, take one or two more half steps, and just mm. done. It's gone. It's it, nullified. Yeah. You know. And Terry Stotts deserves, um, depending on what the Blazers do, because I know there's plenty of other good coaches in the NBA this year, but Terry Stotts deserves real consideration for Coach of the Year. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I mean, he's done really well with the plethora of decent players that he has in finding the right lineups to play to be successful. Um, I'm excited to see how things go. I, like I said, we have 11 games left. Looking at the schedule, they're not scrubs, but there's not many difficult teams. We have the Nuggets two games in a row, which is definitely going to be the hardest part of it. But, I mean, other than that, we have the Nets one game, and we have two games against the Pistons, who I think are in the playoffs right now. Uh, and then the Kings to finish off the year. Like, we don't have that difficult of a schedule going forward. We have at least at least five, like, absolute wins. Like, there's no reason we should lose those games. Um, and we played Denver We played Denver back-to-back, though, uh, 
I shouldn't say back to back. It's yeah. two day spread, but we played Denver on the fifth of April and then also on the seventh. The first game being in Denver, the latter being at home. So yeah. that in all this time that we've been discussing and going back and forth about potential matchups, I am so not used to speaking of Denver and the light that they've played that I pretty much completely forgot about them yeah. as a contender. And as and, and, and not only are they a contender, they're the second seed. Oh yeah. So yeah. uh, that it's, will be it's interesting. Crazy to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, I That's, knew they. I knew they were good and they were underrated, but I mean, they just have such a deep team, and you know, it's. I don't know how they're producing at the wings because they have Will Barton, but Will Barton's been injured and he hasn't played fantastic since he's been in. Uh, they they have a few pretty decent guards. They have Jokic, of course, and they have Millsap, but. I don't know how they're producing at the wing, so I, that, that's something I'll be paying attention to more as the season goes on. You, you mentioned earlier, uh, I'm, I'm switching gears real quick, you mentioned mm-hmm. the like perfect day that we had where we won and everyone else lost. Uh, something that I thought was really cool was some of the Blazers were actually acknowledging that. I think I think I was listening to an interview with Jake Lehman where he, he kind of acknowledged it, like, yeah, it was a good day. I mean, the people that we're trying to yeah. get ahead of, um, they lost tonight, so... It's important for us to win these games. And then Dame, like, just flat out said it. Like, for years, you, you hear people saying, like, yeah. oh, I just got to focus on the game, you know, one at yeah. a time. And, like, that yeah. can actually be a, a decent mindset to keep yourself right. in, to be like, hey, we just need to win this game. But everyone knows what's going on around you. Like, right. And, Dame, and there's a certain amount of humility that is, I, I think, you're, you're, you're yeah. hitting on that is that is appreciated by fans, where it's like, all right, you guys, you know, we like we like to hear that you guys are are hearing us, yeah. right? And yeah. and these are things that we are thinking, we are saying. And you know, these past couple of years as Blazers fans, it feels like we've been yelling at a wall, aka mm-hmm. the old Shea. Yeah. Um, but so as small as a sentiment that may have been, it was a sentiment nonetheless. I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Dame's like this was a great night for us and great moving forward because I, I think Jake said like, shoot, was it Jake or Zach? But he's like, we want the three seed. That's what he said. He's like, that's what we're shooting for. We want to get the three seed, which is great. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's awesome that they're open and honest about that. They're not like, oh, right. we're going for the one seed, which of course that would be great, but it's not going to happen. Um, right. So it's just cool that the players are being real and open and honest about their current situation. And we have a great team. Um, yeah. So, And I think there's a healthy balance between that, that quote unquote real and honesty uh, versus kind of tapered professionalism. Yeah. And I, I on our uh, Twitter account, I, I quoted something of, you know, uh, Evan Turner had knocked one of our players for some uh, superficial thing he was wearing or doing. I, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was Nurk when he got dunked on, right? It was, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's what it was. Nurk got dunked on by LeBron, and he was like, yeah, the bench has never laughed harder. And it's like, that's funny. Like, that's that that's a culture that's fostered where people can be open and honest with one another, but also there's never, as we've heard over not even just this season, but two or three seasons, there's never, everyone knows their role and nobody really gets, has an ego and, and, and and tries to be that guy. Right. But so often, and maybe I'm just a a biased Blazers fan, but so often like with the young Lakers, we've seen this type of, Oh, we're just being ourselves. We're just being open and honest. Like we'll, we'll say whatever we want to one another or whatever, but there's a certain line in my mind where that culture crosses from being that open and honest and playful and, and, and respectful to kind of unprofessional. 
Um, and I think the Blazers, and it starts from the top down. If, if you look at Stotts and Dame, the way that they carry themselves, um, they walk that line of professionalism uh, and humility better than I think a lot of teams in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dame's just, Dame's just awesome. I mean, a couple months ago, like a little bit before the trade deadline, I was talking to someone, and they're like, would you trade Damian Lillard for anyone? Like, they were asking me that. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I don't know, like LeBron, Giannis maybe. Like, I'm thinking in my head all that stuff. And now I'm like, man, like, what's wrong with Lee? Like, <laughs> when I think about it, like, maybe Giannis Antetokounmpo. Other than that, like, I'm not yeah. trading Damian Lillard. Like, And no. even then, it's like, yeah, how it's... much How much have you already built around it? Yeah. Right? And, and like... it's like, at the same time, like, I'm... I don't, I don't think I would trade for Giannis because it's, like, Dame just means so much to the team that, like, a championship's great. I think we have maybe a better chance. Sorry, Dame. I, no, I think Dame's leadership might be the X factor there. I don't yeah. know. But uh, the we only might reason have... that I would, no, I would agree with you with that Giannis comment. Yeah. Um, potentially Davis. Actually, I don't really know because no, I, I like no. the Too much like of an injury person. risk. Yeah. Well, that and I, I would say he's he's clearly represented represented the opposite of what Dame's message has been in terms of his accountability to others, not just himself and his own agenda, and 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 Davis's uh, decision to uh, ultimately request a trade. But my deciding factor in this hypothetical, uh, if it were to happen, is first and foremost, I agree with you with Giannis being that guy. If it were to happen, secondly, it would be not only because of his talent, because I think even though they do different things, him and Dame are, in terms of talent and production, they're right there. But how old is Giannis? Like twenty-three, maybe twenty-four. Dame's about to be, if not already, is twenty-nine. <coughs> so yeah. that would be my only factor. But we don't really have the luxury as Blazers fans yeah. to think long term. Because we haven't even really gotten over that first hurdle since '77. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as a the, the the big thing is like, if I'm starting a new team, of course I want Giannis over Dame. Okay, I'm not gonna say of course because Dame is yes. awesome. Dame has amazing whoa, whoa, leadership. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on, no one call me out for blasphemy. I love Damian Lillard. Uh, <laughs> anyway, if I'm starting a new team, I'm probably gonna take Giannis. But as the Blazers with what Dame means to the Blazers, and he wants to be the greatest Blazer ever, thank you so much, Damian Lillard. I'm not trading you for anyone. It's, he, in, my it's opi- tough, in my opinion, he already is. Uh, I mean, who, 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 he, he's who, right who, there, but nah. I, I think he already... I mean, who? Who? Walton? Clyde. Clyde? Clyde's got more points than him. <sighs> okay, okay. It's, I, it's obviously not just points. Clyde made it to the finals. What, twice? Was it just once or twice? I think it's look at his look at his competition twice. though, and, and his competition in the West versus what is currently going on in the West, and 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 like you had said, Dame's culture and what he breeds. Maybe I'm just a millennial, but uh, I think Dame's already there. I think Dame is is already there. It's not it's not by far. It's not a landslide. Clyde's Clyde was a beast. Um, I love watching his Houston highlights too. But I think that all things considered, especially after that landmark eclipse of that uh who did he pass now just the other day I had a long day man 
<laughs> who did Dame pass? Yeah, who did, uh, I'm just spacing out right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh Lamarcus. no. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, so I so mean, he's second. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, after that, it's like, yeah, he's second on this list, but in my mind, that pretty much solidified him in, uh, as first. And maybe that's because I'm I'm counting money that I don't already have in my pocket, aka knowing that he will eventually pass Clyde. Yeah. But. I'd, he's just I wouldn't trade him if, if I was a GM and my job and my and my family having food on the table was depending on starting it with a new team I'd consider uh, Giannis for sure yeah I mean I don't think Dame's the top all time yet Clyde went to the finals twice with the Blazers he's the all time with Terry scorer. Porter with he, Terry Porter he was like I mean he's not like the second best player but like he was like the number two shooting guard to Michael Jordan in the league which is saying something I mean that's like that's like Kobe and Dwayne Wade, except on another level, you know. Um, so I mean, but, like even right now, like the like the two guard spot is really not that deep in the NBA. Yeah, it's really not that deep. Yeah, and it, it really wasn't. I don't, as far as I know, I I don't I don't really I wasn't that I wasn't born. But um, <laughs> as far as I know, uh, I don't think it was really as deep. I don't think I can't think of a, a of a position other than like centers. In, in like old school like 80s or like 70s basketball i can't think of a position right now that's deeper than the one guard oh yeah uh, in the nba right now at that level yeah and I, I so i think we have to take that with a grain of salt uh in saying that you know he was clyde was that number two guard to and- mj because we can easily say that dame could be considered he and he will in my opinion get second team all nba this year well what you were saying about the centers from like the 70s and 80s that's not even true i mean as far as i know obviously i also was not alive uh but (laughs) i i don't i don't think that's even true i think it's literally a couple people just dominated i mean it it was bill russell and wilt back and forth playing each other in the finals bill russell beat him a bunch of times and he's the only guy that robinson was robinson and Shaq were in the 90s i suppose and but like Uh, uh kareem Kareem was yeah. just killing because no one else could stop him. Uh, I mean, there was plenty of good centers, but like not like so the point there, guard position. So like when you when you look is at there it, a, is there a time in your mind that at any, or position time and position that has been deeper than the one guard in the NBA right now? No, because because here's the thing: Michael Jordan was so huge to the NBA that after Michael Jordan, you know. After like the the mid nineties, everyone wanted to be like Mike. And guess yeah. what? Not everyone's as tall as Mike or as tall as LeBron or as tall as Anthony Davis. So all these point guards are the short guys who are so dang skilled they want to be like Michael Jordan or wanna be like LeBron now. Um, it's almost like it's almost like in history with the B C and A D for Christ versus uh in the NBA being <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. BM, BMJ, and AMJs. Everything I mean, yeah. before MJ I mean, and after MJ. Obviously, like Wilt and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and oh, of I guess Kareem uh, were, of were just huge in popularizing the game. But after MJ, it's like everyone wanted to be like that. And yep. so the point guards are just literally the best people who aren't that tall. They're just really amazing they're the at most, basketball. It's the most skilled. And, it's uh, the most skilled position. Right? Yeah, like, and, it, and technically. At point guard, like, people look at, like, John Stockton and Chris Paul. And, like, 
Okay, I'm, I'm probably missing quite a few right there. But, like, yeah. those are, like, the uh, big guys. Obviously, like, I don't know, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. But, like, those are, like, the big guys. Like, you know, John Stockton's obviously crazy assist leader. Uh, Chris Paul's put some, the Put some respect on, on, on Porter's name. Put some respect on Terry's name. Of course. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. He wasn't on that level, but he was anyone. solid. But my, my point is, Damian Lillard, the fact that he's through all this, through Steph Curry, who's obviously, you know, Steph Curry's a genera- generational player. He completely mm-hmm. changed the game in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Damian is going to stand out. He's going to he's gonna be looked at like Chris Paul in a couple years, um, where he's the guy who's been around for a long time and is an ideal point guard for today's game. And I, I think it's so awesome that we have one of the top point guards in NBA history, honestly. Um, yeah. So I don't know how we started talking about Damian Lillard. I was just like would I trade Damian Lillard? And then here we are. Um, well, now we're off the rails. Someone else is driving the bus. Yeah. We're in love with you, Dame. Thank you for being a blazer. Um, anyway, let's get into Damian Lillard and the rest of the guys. What is this team going to look like next year? So here's the deal. We have 15 players on our team right now. If you didn't know that, that's uh, mm-hmm. the max for an NBA team. And, mm-hmm. Five of those players are going to be gone next year. And they're not deep bench players. They are one starter, one halftime starter, and three first off the bench guys. Uh, We're losing an entire lineup. We're losing a guard, a guard forward, a swing man, a small forward, a power forward, and a center. We're losing Seth, Rodney Hood, Jake Lehman, Aminu, and Cantor. How are, how are you so sure about that? We we have to lose them. There's no, oh, no. way we oh, can no. resign no. them. No, I mean the, I mean the free agents. I uh, right. I apologize for my phrasing. Uh, but if nothing happens, that is what is going to happen. We're going to lose those guys. Um, so the biggest thing that I see with this is the wing. We obviously like going into this year. We're like, shoot, our wing depth is crap. And luckily, Layman stepped it up. But going into next year the only wing we're gonna have like we'll have et who's what six foot seven and can play some decent defense but he's he's a guard he when's his, his contracts up after next year yeah it's him and uh, myers and mo are all after next year that 2016 oh, off season that screwed us so the wing is the biggest thing because we're only gonna have mo he's gonna be our only significant wing player mm, so mm-mm. we potentially would lose Aminu, who's been our starting power forward, Lehman, who's stepped it up and been an offensive genius, and Rodney Hood, who's been decent and has had some really good games and is a good mix of offense and defense. Um, so in my eyes, we need to keep at least two of those guys. Um, Seth and Cantor are great. Um, they're a nice link that we have right now that's really pushing us forward into the playoffs this year. But our two best players are guards. Evan Turner will be on the team next year, and he needs the ball in his hands too. So Curry is more of like a redundant luxury right now. Um, and Ennis Cantor, we've talked a bit about him. He's a bit of a liability on defense, and uh, maybe not even that much of a net positive. Um, so if he's playing, he needs to kind of be the focal point of the offense in the pick and roll. Um, but, I mean, I'm down to keep him if he's like cheap, and I think he's right. a really positive teammate who's willing to work hard and get some boards. Uh, but I don't think he's necessary for the Blazers to stay relevant like the wing depth is. So in my eyes, Aminu, I, I think the Rockets are going to be trying to get one of their old guys, Ariza 
Ba Mute, or they might try to get a Minu because they need some of those defensive longer Take wings. Em. <laughs> Take them. I'm so I I I I am so done with Al Farouk Aminu. I you know I, I appreciate his time here. I think he does a lot in the community. Um, we actually have a, a friend uh, of the show. Uh, Katarina uh, and her her mother, I believe, owns a restaurant, and she says that he often frequents it and is a great guy. More power to him. But in terms of our offense and the Blazers' success, he's he's too old, he's too inconsistent, and his defense that was used to be raved about is, in my opinion, not really there or overhyped. Um, Mo, I'll eat my words a little bit on that and say that he's obviously had his resurgence. Um, if he comes back for cheap, sure. Um, Cantor, uh, maybe he has a great public relations team, uh, but I think to, just with the way that he has spoken about Portland, the way that he's spoken about the culture uh, and being a part of the team, um, like I said, maybe he's just trying to build his, his brand image with Portland fans and, and, and whatnot, but that's one guy I can actually see saying, look, you guys, I want to stay here. If it means I got to take less money, I'll do it. And that's fine. But also, he's going to have to make some adjustments on defense. Um, he would he would really have to tank the rest of this, these next 11. And that's kind of what we were talking about before with these next 11 games. He would really have to to just not play at all. <laughs> or, or at least not very well when he is on the floor for Portland management to say, look, man, no matter how much you want to stay here and as, and, and we appreciate you, you got to go. Um, Layman, I think we got to keep him. I think he's young. Um, and, and, and a lot of these teams, even though we, like I said earlier, we don't have that luxury of having gotten over that first hump, we've gotten over a, a couple smaller ones this year and that's been reiterated by national uh, uh um announcers and, and whatnot that portland is really poised and actually has some experience and whatnot so now we need to retain some of these younger guys that remember this and have and are going to experience this um and layman's one of those guys who i personally think is a solid wing you know he, he hasn't seen quite as much time here recently with mo on the floor but if for example rodney hood i can do without i think he's a great guy um, if he went off these next 11 games, sure, sign him if he's not too expensive. But we gotta, we gotta start thinking next couple seasons too, because we only we only got three or four more with Prime Dame. I would hesitate to even say four. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with you on Aminu. I am a big Aminu fan. I think he's really good for our team, and I would love to keep him. Ideally, for me, uh, we keep Aminu and Layman. But I also think those are the two players that might be most likely to demand more money on the market. Not necessarily that they would, but Lehman is a restricted free agent. We've seen quite a few times where teams with cap space try to screw over the Blazers and other teams mm-hmm. that are in the cap um, mm-hmm. by giving them big contracts. And Lehman has had a really good offensive year where he, he might get a big contract. Uh, But the biggest thing for me is I don't think, as much as we don't have money, the Blazers are in the cap already, already, I think that there's not going to be enough money out there for other people to give them a lot of money because a lot of wings are going to be demanding a lot this offseason because we have Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. uh, I'm sure there's way more. Chris Middleton. um, There's a lot 
of wings that are going to be taking up a lot of money. There's a lot of free agents who, this year. Who knows if uh, if the Blazers end up with, uh, obviously not one of those first couple in KD <laughs> and, and, and maybe probably not Jimmy Butler either, but who knows if Chris Middleton just goes, No. I'm, I'm tired of the East. No. You know, that's this. I'm <laughs> gets tired of the team. East. Oh my gosh. LeBron James? Uh, yeah, and regrets it immediately. Um, <laughs> but dude, Chris, Middle- Chris Middleton's getting at least near max money from the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, at that point. yeah. But I mean, there's, there's plenty of decent wing options and defensive options out there, even if we end up losing a Minu or Layman because they're dem- like, they're getting more money out on the open market. But I mean, there's also a couple guys that I talked about with the Rockets, Mbamute, Ariza, not that I would prefer them, but they could be a decent placeholder. Um, I would West, I would absolutely prefer Mba Mute over Alfarukamino any day of the week. I'm 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 pretty split. I think they're fairly even to me. Um, my question my question to you. Sorry, to, the last time I interrupt you here, but my question <laughs> to you is: you said that Layman and uh, and Chief are going to be demanding some money. My, and I would agree with you. And that's that's not something after that 2016 offseason that I think any Blazers fan. Uh, really wants to shell out for but to me layman asking for more money is one of those things that i could at least justify yeah i mean i'm i'm fine with paying layman money obviously to a certain extent um Mm -hmm. and obviously this isn't my money so i say i'm fine with paying him money (laughs) i'm not paying him anything uh i'm fine with the blazers paying layman more money um especially because like you said it's a young guy i mean we look after next year I mean, I don't know what the Blazers' long-term plans are going to look like because the cap space just is is not there. I mean, next year, we're going to have very little. The year after that, we have quite a bit, but we just have Dame, CJ, Nurk, Collins, which is good, and then yes. Need to keep a up. couple young guys. We have Anthony Simons and Scal. Well, on a qualifying offer, that's, that's not even assured. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it looks like after that. I guess we could try to get someone in the offseason. And obviously the Blazers could try to swing a trade for like Blake Griffin or some other guy next season mm. or in the offseason. But I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with them paying Layman and then we get someone who hasn't found a job and can fill our need uh, for, you know, a, a minimum contract. I'm, I'm cool and- with that. Uh, but I'm, one guy I would love to get, especially with how he's playing right now, is Wes, Wesley Matthews. But he honestly, mm. with how he's playing, he might be getting a pretty big contract this offseason because, mm. dude, he's like carrying the Pacers, it seems. Every game that I watch, <laughs> it's like Wesley Matthews is going off. Um, no. But another guy on the Pacers right now is Tyreek Evans that I think mm. won't get paid as much. Um, and I think he, you know, it all depends on the role for Tyreek Evans because he was rookie of the year, like best rookie season since michael he's got to be a, he's got to be a six man he's got to be a six man if he comes to us if he's if, yeah. he's if he's and and i don't know with the depth that we have coming off the bench if that's even the most befitting scenario for yeah. us um and he's old yeah. i really like that blake suggestion though in two years i oh, really dude. like and he's tired of losing i was tired of losing i would be so happy if we trade next season Preferably in the offseason, so we have them at the start. Trade our young guys. I don't even care if Anthony Simons well, well, and, and, and Trent go. I mean, I like Anthony Simons, but kind of, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, 
But if we can get Evan Turner and Myers for Blake, like obviously like talent isn't matching up there, but they're expiring contracts next year. And if we have a young guy or a pick mm-hmm. in there, um, mm-hmm. that would just be so awesome. Because uh, oh, yeah. the Pistons might be like, shoot, we're not going to win, and this guy is taking up so much money that if I were them, I'd probably go in tank mode. So, I mean, if we can have Dame, CJ, Blake Griffin, and Nurk, and then a couple decent guys outside of that, Zach Collins, Mo Harkless, um, hopefully Lehman, that would just be awesome, honestly. And, I, and, and it's, it's like I, I can't fault them if things don't go right, if Blake Griffin gets injured or something. Like, at least they tried, you know? And, and I would say that, once again, the stars aligning, This that also affects management. And I think that not only has Olshay felt the hot seat in recent years and seen how that can be relieved with just two relatively uh, not earth-shattering moves, yeah. I, think he's, I think he's hungry for more of that. Yeah. Uh, and not only is he hungry for more of that, he's burnt himself before in 2016 with spending yeah. so i think that i think that if, if olshay doesn't come out of this offseason with a a healthy balance between that spending versus um payoff i won't even say this offseason next two off seasons i would be shocked yeah because because of his track record and what he's experienced and what he currently has at his disposal i would be shocked if he didn't make some really good i was gonna say some all right decisions and kind of sugarcoat it no i think he's absolutely poised for uh some some really big moves i think that and and big moves that don't aren't always uh you know uh constitute big names yeah you know but i think that we're gonna be sitting here in 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 two seasons christian and we're gonna be talking about how olshay really turned it around after he got burned a couple times and and felt the pressure from us we'll see yeah i mean We've talked about the options going into next year. What about like what it really means? So I'm looking at the team. Legitimately, I think this is the best team that we're going to have. Unless Jake Lehman and Zach Collins really step up, I think this is the best team we're going to have for the next... Like I think it'll be better than next year's team, barring a Blake Griffin type of trade. Um, and the year after that, I don't think we'll have enough cap space to really make that big of a splash in free agency. So I really think this year is our best team, and I really hope that we can get to the Western Conference Finals. Man, if we can just win a freaking Finals, I'll just, I'll just fly to the moon. I'll find a way. You mean to get a Western there. Conference Final? I mean, the if Finals. We can, if, we can... if we win the Finals, I will lose my mind. It would be oh, so I, amazing. I, yeah, I won't. I don't. I don't really know. I yeah. don't know. My, but, my but brain hasn't really allowed me that, that my, vision. My point is, this is our best chance to do it out of the team we'll have next year, at least, um, because our team we have a lot of guys that are going to be cheaper than get, like we don't have the cap space to sign better guys. Mm-hmm. So, however, next year there is the strong potential of the Warriors breaking up, and with mm-hmm. the Warriors breaking up, there's a lot of good teams in the NBA. There's a lot of great teams, but there's not an elite single team. And so the Blazers could stay on par with where the rest of the league is and still compete and still contend. But I think this year we will have our best team, maybe not our best chances at a championship, though. Well, and I think that you kind of 
recovered very well in discussing what will happen externally in, in, in Golden State breaking up. Um, but I think previous to that, you were discussing it from a sort of acquisition standpoint. I think the Blazers are fat right now. Not literally fat, but there are some guys that are... Not Raymond are, Felton fat? Not, not Raymond Felton fat, but I think that there are some guys that aren't necessarily muscle. And they're not they're they they're almost a sort of dead weight. Yeah. Um, now that's that's not bad. They're not going out there aside from Ennis Cantor, which we've already discussed with his plus minus really really hurting us defensively. Um, but there's not really any guys out there that go out there and we're like, oh my gosh, he's screwing the pooch again. Like it's guys that are really just there. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're absolutely correct in saying that the Blazers um, are pretty limited in terms of uh, a ceiling of acquisition from here on out. But I think at this point, it's going to really come down to shedding some of that dead weight, having guys that maybe necessarily aren't dead weight, but just a little bit more than that, right? Like like uh, Rodney Hood, right? Yeah. Like so that guy, he's not just going to camp. The, he's going to you know be on the bench a, a, a significant amount of time, but every now and then he's going to give you 27. Yeah. Like that's 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 the kind of moves that once you get into this tax bracket that we're at, that's where teams separate themselves. Unless you're a huge market and you just get Hollywood names, right? Yeah. But like that's where teams separate themselves in kind of making those niche decisions. Um, and then also like you said, and I, I preach this in every facet of my life, not only are you getting better, but the competition might be getting worse. Yeah. So that was a great point with Golden State. Um, I think we have a lot to discuss here on our next episode, and um, it's 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 been wild even seeing the differences from the last time we recorded. Yeah, and and for all we know, next season Golden State could stay amazing, and the Clippers could <laughs> get you know Kawhi and Kyrie or something. You know, like Ugh. there's just so many possibilities. Also. Yeah. Something I th- I might have talked about this in the last episode, but I just want to point out how ridiculous it is that so many of these upcoming free agents' first names start with K. It's ridiculous. Kevin, <laughs> Kawhi, Clay, Kyrie, Kemba, Chris Middleton. Like it's it makes no Damn. sense to me. Literally, like you list like the top ten, and they're all K's. I don't get it. Uh, I was ridiculous. so close, man. It's in my last name. I was so oh, close. Oh man, Cap Hammer, dude. Could have, could have been, could have been in the league, dude. Right there. Um, <laughs> so I mean, the the point is, I mean, this is probably the best team the Blazers are gonna have. It just comes down to internal growth. I'm hoping mm-hmm. the Blazers don't go after another big man in this offseason because we're gonna have four decent ones. We have Nurk. Mm-hmm. And we have Collins, who I want to get minutes. And then we have Myers Leonard, who's played all right. And we have Scout, who we're going to have on the team next year anyway. So none of those guys are getting minutes at small forward. I think we definitely need to go all in on wings in this offseason, hopefully with yes. Layman and maybe Aminu or maybe someone mm-hmm. else. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, I think we've kind of covered it for now for what we can really talk about for possibilities. So anything else you want to talk about? Before we finish off, you know, I think uh, I think we are pretty comprehensive. Yeah. So as always, guys, you can follow us on pretty much any major uh, social media platform, uh, as long as one of those two is Twitter or uh, Instagram. Ayo. Uh, and then in terms of podcasting and streaming, uh, whatever you are currently listening on. Uh, but if your mother uh, only has iTunes and you're on Spotify, she can certainly listen to us there. Um, or your cousin. It doesn't have to be your mother. Ooh. Um, 
<laughs> my cousin listens probably on Spotify. That's my guess. I'll yeah. ask. Hey, yeah. Dylan, what do I you listen on? You better tell I don't me because even... you listen to the whole episode. I don't even know if my grandmother could listen if she wanted to, um, or my grandfather, but we'll try to get some hearing aids over there, right? But, um, so yeah, guys, uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. And as always, thank you to Ziggy Zay for the intro and outro music. Um, any local artist or uh, Mr. Ziggy Zay want to send us um, some fresh new tunes, as always, we'll give you credit. We'll shout you out. Uh, and we appreciate your work and, and following the show. Thanks for listening to episode 14. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, we run it up to the max Running straight ahead, we ain't never looking back They try to tell me it's the road like I'm Jack But I ain't never leaving, trying to put us on the map So we run it, yeah, we run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it We run it up, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it We run it up, yeah, we run it up, yeah, we run it to the bank Ay, Yeah, we turn it up, yeah, we turn it to the crank Ay, Fly Lil Robin and we in that Bruce Wayne boat to the bad, like the name was you saying. Yeah, we are U N I T U P. Running up the score, balling on these new teams. On a new thing, and I don't know about no hoop teams. Nah, still shooting shots, and if I miss, no move swings. Got a gift, and I'ma use it step by step. I got the blueprint to success. I thought you knew it, you was next, and now you blew it. Talk cream, I got the cool whip. I'm the teacher, you the student. You're gonna ask why is this rap? I speak it fluent. Ain't no miscues or issues. Change if I diss you. If you're gonna come at me, just know nobody gonna miss you. Ain't no miscues or issues. Change if I diss you. She gonna come at me, just know nobody gonna miss you. Nah. Yeah, we run it up to the max. Running straight ahead, we ain't never looking back. They try to tell me it's the road like I'm Jack, but I ain't never leaving trying to put us on the map. So we-